Hello and welcome to episode 10 of season 3 of the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amiga Kylie and my amigo Mars. You can find us on our group account at Three Amigos FBL as well as individually at Kylie FBL, Mars05 and myself at the Marple Curse. Um, as our tradition, we begin a review of the previous game week with the best score. So that this week is, I'm just taking a guess that it's going to be me again, but I know. But um, Mars or Kylie, tell us, uh, tell us your scores for the last game week and we'll decide who goes first. I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you, got, you, know you did the best. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, uh, Sam, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, listen. I have to take my credit where it's uh, where it's possible to have it. So um, I'm I'm happy uh, with my game week. Fifty points. Well done. So I'm uh, ecstatic with that one. Thanks, Mars. Thanks, thanks, and I appreciate it. So it's a top fifty in our league actually in that with that score. But uh, Mars, tell me about your week. How did you get on anyway? I think I got thirty-eight or thirty-nine. I can't remember. Oh, Let me check. Well done. Well done. No, no, that was my pat on the head for you. Well done. And uh, how about yourself? <laughs> Uh, 38 and a hit. So that was lovely. <laughs> Moving was on. Okay, Leah. Huh? That's 34 or so. Right, yes. I just yes. find it hilarious that since we had that discussion, since we had the discussion about how I don't think that point sh- hit should count, it has worked in my favour every time. I it still has believe actually, yeah. that points hit should not count because it's taken away from your total anyway. So why are you losing minus four twice? But hey, it works in my favour. It's all good. Well, because we're comparing on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, Kylie, um, I don't think Mars ever did accountancy or anything anyway. No, um, I mean, I, I just, I do want to point out, right, because this works in my favour, but it's not coming from your total and, you know, insofar as what we're doing. We're comparing week on, uh, week out, right, so to see who did the better in that game week. Because if it was yeah. overall and the total overall, well, then I've won each week. So, boom. Meh, I did Christ. not score a minus four. Nobody took a minus four in that week anyway. <laughs> let's move on. I don't agree, so. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's move on with the listener league update for uh, for our classic league. Um, we still have Izzy bid Izzy. Oh, for crying out loud! If I get this right, one week lads. Izzy Winnie. Izzy Wizzy. <laughs> Izzy. <laughs> I Real really want him, want him or her to win the league, just so you have to keep just, saying. I just want to have. Every, I just want to hear you say it every week. Yeah. Yeah. Every week. Uh, LA Riots, Evan Guest's team is on number two. Red Bull equals Ings, Killian Gubbins' team still is in third, actually down. Um, and good God, Jigetto, Georgie Bozohov's team is um, in fourth spot. He's down for, um, into fourth position. And then up we have Abafana, Boss Bali. Holy Christ, people. Can anyone just come up with just a normal Marzi's VIPs or something <laughs> name? Come on. I love it. You got through it, it, okay? It's not too bad. I, it, brilliant. It, it, it. But uh, brilliant. well, well we're done. So, we're well. so international. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. 100%. Diversity is king. 
Exactly, yeah. We got definitely our listener questions. I'm looking forward to getting onto them because we definitely got them from all over the world. Uh, Marzi, um, this time of the show, of course, we always hand the mic over to you to get rid of any angst you have. Um, this is an international break, so maybe you're feeling a bit chilled. So um, I might be anticipating a bit of a boring well, one from, this week. But, uh, far, far from, from it. Far from it. There's only one topic that we can talk about. And to be honest, for me, England, England should have walked off that pitch stuck the middle finger to UEFA, stuck the middle finger to Bulgaria, taken the three points and walked away because anything... I give credit to these guys for playing on, but they should never at this age... And we keep talking about the same thing because UEFA and FIFA have no balls. I really don't care what they need to do. But I mean, I read the statement from the guy. He's like, we need to do war on racism. Yeah, of course we do. And it's the nationalities that need to, you know, the national, uh, the countries need to help. Yeah, of course they do. And then he says, UEFA's punishments are the best out there. The toughest. Yeah, all right. Now I I stop believing you, mate, because honestly, fines are nothing. And okay, shutting half the stadium. Well, you're still allowing another, are you still allowing them to play? They need to start coming hard on. This is the third time Bulgaria has have been done. And I'm sure there's I know some amazing Bulgarians and I'm not generalizing here. But those scum that were in the in the stadium, the ones that were standing there with no disres- with no respect shirts, with the Nazi salutes and making the noises. You can see their faces. You know who they are. Go get them. Humiliate them. And also ban the, the nation from. Because they could still actually, they bottom of the group, but they somehow could still make it into the into the next tournament because of this national n- nations tournament crap. Yeah. Ban them. They cannot be in that tournament. They should Absolutely. be. Yeah, they should be banned. That's the only thing that's going to actually work. The Dutch coins banned them for a while. Something serious, anyway. Yeah, your point is so valid. What does it matter about fines? That doesn't make a difference. What we're seeing consistently is that if there's not a hard stance and an actual measurable, painful outcome, then it's not going to stop. There's no genuine deterrent. I mean, it's mind-boggling that in 2019 we are consistently seeing this behaviour. Absolutely. And listen, I've, 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 I've uh, said it here before and I've said it on Twitter. The England away fans, some of them are by no far, the, you know, the best in class. Right. And whenever yeah. they've done something, we, we all most of Twitter that I see, the people that we follow, the people that follow us. And then what, what I would say, just normal human being do not agree with what they do. Right. But let's separate this from what happened, because it, it, everybody des- deserves their own punishment. But this racism stuff and repeat racism Unless they do something about it, it's going to continue to happen, and it's unacceptable. You're here. Yeah, exactly, Mercy. Um, So let's kick on with our FBL chat, right? Because uh, the big topic of the week, and as always on the international uh, the international break, wild cards are definitely the talk of the community. And we do like on this show to kind of talk about what the what the community is really discussing at the moment on Twitter. Um, I know there are a lot of wild cards active among the community, yourself included, Kylie, as well as a lot of our listeners, Razzie Boy, and I saw a few more wild card drafts. People asking our opinion on their wild card draft. But um, tell us, Kay, uh, talk us through your thoughts when um, when you're constructing your wild card. Maybe some essentials and also any differentials you're continuing or you're considering uh, getting in ahead of maybe an upturn in fixtures or form. Yeah. Okay. So I guess a little bit of context um, first. I I'm not wild carding because I necessarily had to. My team was was fine and. Um, 
in still in reasonably good um, position, but I, I really did want to optimize for those fixtures. And the swing is quite considerable. And I felt that I was somewhat trapped with the way the money was allocated in my team. Um, you basically did not want to finish third in the Amigos three weeks in a row. And she was poor. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real reason why. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, no, I made my decision um, the previous game week that I was going to wildcard. And thank God for that, because I basically did my team um, as soon as the international break started. And then I haven't had time to think about it much since then. So um, this has been useful because it's helping me kind of, you know, ferment on those um, thoughts. But I, the main thing I would say is that I really wanted to make sure that out of my wildcard, I get flexibility going forward. Um, so I guess one of the one of the key things for me is I did start the season quite heavy at the back. I was playing four at the back and premium defense. Um, and while I had been sort of pairing that back a little bit, um, I still was sort of holding on to somewhat expensive plays. I still had Zinchenko, for example, um, and that was just not good the last few weeks. Um, and I really wanted to start trying to move that money forward, particularly to my forwards, because I think for the first time in a number of years, we actually have quite a, a good variety of options out there. I mean, we've lamented the lack of of forward options in previous seasons. Everyone's had the same. And, you know, it, I think while we will see a lot of people choosing very similar or popular choices, there are a lot of other viable options out there as well. Um, so, I mean, I was looking at it, right? And for me, I think given fixtures and form and various other factors, um, Abamyang, Vardy, Tammy Abraham and Wilson all look like really strong options. Um, for your forwards, it's it's really challenging, right? Because if I said I'm not going to look at differentials per se, I might just stick with that core four. That means choosing only three of them, and and in fact, I would like all four in my team. So, you know, how do we how do we choose between those three? Then you've got differentials. Like Jimenez has been kind of not setting the world on fire, but ticking away. Connolly's come out of the gates. So there's a few different options there. Um, but I think for me, it's definitely a 3-4-3 three, three and a reasonably heavy compared to what I had before investment in, in the forwards. Because, I mean, I started this season with two budget forwards and Greenwood, right? So, like, this is going completely the other direction. And then in midfield, midfield is a little bit hazier because I feel like there's, a lot of questions to Liverpool or not to Liverpool. So that's a big one. I had Salah. I have sold Salah and I am happy with that. The question for me is Mane or bust. Am I willing to forego Liverpool attack for the next couple of weeks um, until their fixtures swing? Uh, if I thought that there was a really brilliant alternative option there that I was really confident in, I could be swayed to do that, but I'm not entirely sure that that is a risk I need to take, particularly because the Liverpool fixtures for attack anyway are not nearly so bad as people are making out. The so-called top six sides that they play against have been conceding a lot of goals, um, and I do include City in that as well. Um, 
then there's the question of of sterling or kdb right if kdb's fit that seems an obvious choice if he's not sterling sterling hasn't really been working for me and then we've got bernardo silva is he going to get a ban i mean this was really annoying i was quite happy with myself wild carding over the international break i think the deadline for an appeal was like the ninth or something for bernardo silva that was okay start of international break but then they gave him an extension until the 21st what like two days after the the new game week starts and I'm not on a wild card then I want to know about Mares, right so it's rude by the way really rude basically I want to know is Pep <laughs> going to make me cry no matter what I do this is really important stuff because Pep can make a girl cry so easily um and then I'm looking at you know the the mid-price battle right I have Mount and I've had Mount since game week three I think he's like 6.8 now or something and I remember Stag the delightful youthful stag being mean about mount well mount is mount is glorious and he's made me a lot of money and he's given me a lot of points and he's not moving and almost on principle i might just hold him for the whole season but there are so many other options in that price range right we've got yamalenko madison mcginn who seems to despite not scoring in in that last match uh, amongst five goals, he's been doing really well and got a hat-trick yesterday, by the way, for Scotland. Um, and then there's Cho, the guy that you like, Mars, um, Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's now back and he's quite a bit cheaper than Mount and he's looking good. And then do I want money in defence? No, not really. I don't, uh, other than Trent. I'm going fairly budget. Um, I'd rather have right. that money in the bank. So I guess I, from my perspective, I just think that on the wild card, you know, it's an opportunity to move to any player I want. And, you know, I can put strategically placed premiums in, which I've done. And people that I feel ruthless enough to sell. And if I do that, basically with the money that I have in the bank, I can move to any player at all in one move. So that's the kind of flexibility I want. I don't have to take a hit. I can bring in anyone. And I think, yes, there's going to be a lot of highly owned assets in my team. Um, I'm okay with that because I don't think it's a common combination. I mean, I've just run through a few different considerations and a few different names there. And the, frankly, you can't fit all of them in your team. And there's plenty more that are viable that haven't even been mentioned. So I think that, you know, combination of players can count as differential as well. I do think that I will, while I may not start with a lot of differentials in my wild card, I have got a bit of a watch list and a few alternative game plans should some of them prove uh, to be quite interesting. But really, for me, I think... Mars talked a couple of weeks ago about spreading the love. I'm doing that on my wild card because I had a lot of double ups and I found that it wasn't really working out for me, especially with some of the bizarre results that we've seen recently. Um, well, so spreading... Just to interject, one thing to interject, Kay, is um, 
it, it, no, one of the things with a wild card is that it does give you the opportunity to maybe move to, you know, it, is there a danger that on a wild card that you might wild card into a pretty much template kind of team, a high owned kind of team that you're not going to move much with either up or down? It's a kind of protective one, but is there any kind of differentials that you're kind of going that you're that you're thinking definitely like one or two maybe that you're definitely planning on putting in there, just to kind of give you that little bit of oomph in the in the rankings should they hit? Well, I'd argue that that is a myth anyway. This is kind of oh, what I'm saying does. when I'm saying combination as differential because explain, explain that for me though the different uh, combination for a differential so if you don't mind right. So, you know, people bandy the term template about quite a lot, right? And yes, I think that you can have a template spine in that there may be, say, five players in your team that it feels like absolutely everyone has. And maybe, you know, upwards of 30% of people have each of those individual players. But if you actually looked at the numbers of how many people in the entire game have your exact combination of players – it's microscopically low. It really is. So even if you have players who are circa 10 to 15%, right, we wouldn't call them a traditional differential, right? So someone that fits in that example would be uh, Wilson, McGinn. McGinn doesn't feel like a differential at all, right? But, he, you know, he sits in that kind of 10 to 15% range. And if you have a few of those in your team, they're kind of they're getting talked about on Twitter, right? But Twitter is such a small percentage of the community anyway, of the overall community of players. If you have a couple of them and then you're throwing in your highly owned players, you still actually have enough differentials in that team to be able to elevate yourself quite highly. So I think it's a common misconception that you need to have that classic sub-5% owned player in your team to be able to make leaps and bounds. I don't believe that that's the case. Um, so I would say I'm hedging my bets a little bit. I'm going with known entities, um, and I think there's a lot of quality players. I'm, You know, Wilson is an example, right? But there's actually quite a few of them um, who have the ability, but due to a lot of options in their positions at the moment, also aren't quite as highly owned as we might assume they would be. And I think you can jump quite a lot if you're playing based on that and and good fixtures. But ultimately, if my view is wrong and I crash and burn, as I said, I can change whoever I want in one move. So that's why I want flexibility because I don't want to be trapped into a a Mm. team where – you know, it's all it's all kind of guesswork to a degree. We still need you, – you can justify anything, but, you know, the player's got to go out on the pitch and score a goal for you. Otherwise, you're talking out of your ass. So I think, you know, having that flexibility is kind of key. Yeah, not a flexibility yeah. is always key. Go on, I, I I understand what you're saying, but based, personally, one of the reasons I'm not wildcarding is because – I don't know who to go for right now. I mean, there, there are options, but I can get to them without using wildcard. And what I'm hoping is people who are wildcarding and got fed up with City, for example, and instead of having a double City midfield, they go for one. 
which is nothing wrong with it. But with me sitting here with three City attacking players, knowing for well fact that City are going to turn the corner, right? City will turn the corner because they are City. And I'm just wondering if this is the right time for people to jump off City rather than actually jump on, especially after Palace having Aston Villa and Southampton at home. Now, of course, it's City and they have 22 players that can they put any 11 and they'll win. But the fact that they are eight, eight points behind Liverpool already um, and with the injuries that they're getting, really Pep is going have, have to have to put his strongest team out. He doesn't really have a choice. Now, what his strong... The problem is with his strongest team. Who do you think will will start? I, you know, I would argue with the rest of the international. Blake uh, Aguero probably will. Um, I, I've seen Aguero on KDB back in training, so I'm not really worried about those yellow flags. Salah's back in training. I'm not. I'm not worried about. And the more people take Salah out, suddenly Salah becomes a differential. Uh, and and listen, if I was on a wild card, Salah will probably go to Mane. To be honest, because I, I we've always said those two are very equal in my opinion, and I think they will, like they did last season, equal each other out. Of, not too much in between them. So with the million, or maybe not so much a million right now, because mine has gone up. Point eight, I think. Yeah, absolutely, it would. Um, but I, Mars, my question for you there is, are people actually really jumping off city assets? Because I, I know I'm on wildcard and I'm not. But, I, I mean, is this something that I've been a little out of the loop on Twitter for the last two weeks? But, I mean, people are people... People are getting frustrated with city assets. A few people have sought Sterling. Uh, people sold KDB because they thought he, um, his price would drop and now might be struggling to get him back or having to take a hit to get him back. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, when you see the high, high ownership, top quality players like Sterling who have underperformed on what you would expect and what their stats suggest, and I know there is some stats can be shown to prove whatever your argument is, but I think that there is better to come for the likes of Sterling. Um, and people who are selling them, I mean, his ownership will still be very high and it's likely to be one of those ones you're, you're trying to get back in a while. But I do understand why people are, why people are moving away from him after the first eight game weeks. Um, let's kick on with the listener questions. We have a ton in and so I want to kind of dedicate a little bit of time to them this evening. Uh, let's see who have we got first here. We have, let me see who have we got. Uh, Shashank Patal was asking about, and I'll give this one to you, Kylie. Uh, decent fixtures from 9 to 18 and returning form for some of their, some of their players. Are the Wolves players back in consideration? Um, so what are you thinking on that one, Kylie? Yeah, I think um, that maybe Wolves should be worthy of consideration going forward. Uh, look, I say this as a former Jota owner. I would not be going near him with a barge pole, right? But I think there's a couple of options there that are interesting. Um, first of all, I think Bolly is a really worthy differential for your defence. He's five million, and I mean, look, historically speaking, namely last season, he had four goals, I believe it was. Um, no goal threat so far this season, but he's certainly, you know, I, I believe that he's going to come good with the goals um, going forward. And Wolves have been pretty good defensively. So last season, they only got like eight clean sheets. They're already on three. And premium defense isn't really, you know, doing anything at the moment anyway. With everyone going quite Trent plus rock bottom, I think that Bolly is worthy of consideration as an alternative to slot in there. And I also think Jimenez, as someone who has the potential to 
steer you quite strongly away from the very much preferred options that we sort of mentioned, them plus Pookie and, and Aguero and, and all of these guys. Um, he's got two goals and two assists, so it, it's not mind-blowing stuff, but we know what he's capable of. They have a really good fixture run coming, and I think that we could start to see him delivering again going forward. And as I said, I just – Given the prices that are there, they're around, I think he's like 7.1 now, right? So he's actually quite cheap. He's gone down 0.4. Um, he's a bit less than Tammy. He's, you know, sort of around the Pookie price. I think if you want to change it up a little bit and you don't want to go for one of the obvious ones, he could be a good shout. Yeah, I think there is one. Yeah. Direction, of course. <laughs> there's one player from Wolves that. Um, has actually really caught my eyes. And oh, it's, God. Uh, Are you going to say him? Adama Torore. Ah, yeah. I know. He's, it's, it's funny because he's an OA, OOP and a reverse OOP in the same game. Yeah. And Don, OOP is an out-of-position out player, just in case. Just in case. I know the, I know the football. <laughs> not the I just don't know. The reverse OOP is just poo. Let's I, just be honest. I, it's just what yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I but don't know Emmer's football stuff. I don't know the teenage girl texting mess text message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the OMD and OMG. Okay, so o- <laughs> OMD Tarore is really delivering lately. Yeah, and, OMG, and an assist, OMG, yeah. OMG, his price and his ownership is ridiculous. Uh, no, honestly, um, just watching him play. Um, and what's interesting is he's actually taken, he's pretty much taken, at the moment, he's taken Doherty's place in the team. Yeah. And what's interesting is when they want to bring Doherty in, they push him forward if they need a goal. Uh, and, and, and for me, it, um, I, I honestly, they have good fixtures. And if you want a differential, and if you want a player that is not your standard Cantwell or Genduzi or um, uh, Dendonka, he's a bit more expensive. He's about five, I think. He's, he's bang on five, I believe. He's yeah. definitely, uh, you know, so y- you've got Georgino on, uh, and Kante around that price. So Georgino's on pens and his Lampard loves him. So that's another option, for example, if you're on a top six player. But back to uh, Torore. He's back to Wolves, yeah. He's been playing. He's mm. not even, uh, and he's improved his game. His, his he's got end product. Yeah, well, his decision making and his end product has improved immensely. And I think they have faith in him. And the guy can be frightening if he keeps this going. And I think he's one to watch, for sure. And I think he's a great differential. If, you look, if you're on a wild card, you won't budget somewhere else, but you want something different. And you want to get part of the Wolves, um, Wolves team. But, um, Could, still... be. Could be. Um, Murphy's Law, second question is to you, Mersey. Um, asking for our take on the price rises, falls, how they're managed in FPL. Do you prefer transparency or happy with the status quo? Now, this is like a regular question. Um, we, we cover on our getting to know episodes and so on. But, um, Mersey, how about you? I genuinely don't care. Honestly, Mm. I don't, I see the frustration, but it's, we can't control it. So why, I genuinely don't care. In fact, it's probably more fun that we don't know, and it's all over all the place. It's quite hilarious to see people have tantrums about it. I mean, honestly, genuinely, when I saw the question, you probably someone as well. Not, not uh, my my uh, the emojis that I put were not for the question. It's more about the topic. So I appreciate the question. It's just the topic. 
for me, I find it hilarious. I, I, I honestly don't care. I don't know if you guys do. Might might have more insight, but for me, it doesn't bother me. Personally, I prefer if there was more transparency. If it was, uh, they, there's no real reason why they can't add something to the information page surely on the site where they can see if a player is close to a rise, even within, within, within somewhere on their parameters show that, um, yeah, he might be going up, that his ownership is increasing rapidly or something, you know, arrows beside his name or something. But I like uh, some indication of it would be good. But like that, I don't really, I don't really think about it too much with the with the price rise or falls, um, but I would probably be on the transparency side of things. What about yourself, Kate? Yeah, I mean, look, I just kind of take it as part of the game, um, and and mm. knowing the volatility of price rises and and falls and being aware of that is just kind of part yeah, of the it's game. Part- it's yeah, yeah, I mean, do you take the risk of an early transfer to, to get a price rise? You're also taking the risk that that person doesn't go up in price or that they don't go down in price. So I don't mind that. Yeah, what I would say is there's certainly been a couple of anomalies that were quite standout odd this season. I mean, Madison went up in price the other day, and I think he was projected on most of the sites, so like 57% or something. I saw um, um, FBL statistics was, uh, so they posted a some tweet. It was something to do with, I think, their algorithm. They didn't factor it in enough when he was injured, the price increase or his ownership increase or decrease. They didn't quite factor that in right. And oh, they okay, that's it. interesting then, yeah. Um, and then obviously there's KDB and Marshall as, as the two big ones that people have uh, talked about in terms yeah. of not, not dropping in price. But, I mean, look, I would view it as part of the game. It's just another mm. a factor to consider. The speculation part of the game, yeah. Um, Kylie, come to you. Uh, Mr. Smith was asking, hey, gang, who would you start from? Cantwell, Rico, Connolly and Lundstrom. He's loving the pod from down under. So, uh, Kylie, how about you oh, answer that? Two, two An of Aussie. Those. An Aussie, yeah. Okay, so I have to start two of the four. Is that right? Yeah, Cantwell, Rico, Connolly and Lundstrom. Okay, um, I would start Connolly, firstly. Um, he's playing against Villa. So, I mean, I think his confidence should be high. He got two goals in his debut at home to Spurs. And then he's just started for Ireland as well. Um, I don't know the results of that game, but uh, when we started recording, there were no goals. But still, I Let's mean, he's only... Don't mention it, Carly. Don't mention it. He'll get upset. Uh, I'll mention actually. James Coleman's managed to get another red card for himself. Um, oh, so what? In about two weeks, and uh, we lost two nil. Um, it looks like it was um, a last minute goal, basically that gave him the two nil. But um, yeah, Ooh. not, not a good the pen. Time, the pen was saved. Mm, I heard. But do you know what? Do you know what? This is Ireland all over. Get yourself in a good position, then just get yourself in a bad position until you. it's only at the absolute death that you could conceivably progress. And then they probably will progress. That just seems no, to be how it goes. Again, we'll get hope up just for the last moment, and then we'll just crush it yet again. But um, yeah. no, the, and Shane Duffy scored no GHLE at the end. That was the second goal. So it was a lovely night for, for, for Ireland. <laughs> for Irish fans. Um, so... Yeah. 
aside from not being, you know, a great outcome in his debut, I still think that Connolly is a good shout. It's a good fixture. You would expect him to play. There was a question over a knock after the last match. He's clearly fine. Um, so, I mean, I just don't think that, well, I don't see why he wouldn't be started after such a great performance. So him for me, the other three are, are trickier. I wouldn't be starting Lundstrom, right? Because I do think that on paper, the other two, Rico and Cantwell, have better fixtures. Um, Cantwell obviously is an attacking player, and I would often err on the side of attackers, but I'm just not so. Cantwell is flagged. He's probably going to be all right, but who knows? But um, I'm just not sold on Norwich away. Um, I would in some ways be tempted to play Rico. Um, he's home to Norwich. We know that Norwich don't really do much in the way of scoring away from home. And he's also proven that he can get assists. So I think if ever there was a time literally in the whole season where I'd be tempted to start Rico, it's probably okay. this one. Yeah. He's a, a rotation risk for him. A defender would never be top of my... Uh, no, no, right? He's usually going to be last on your bench, but... Rico, Rico Connolly are your picks anyway. Yeah. Mr. Next up, we have Toby Wan Kenobi. Hey, peeps, long-time listener, yada, yada, yada. I have a KDB and Mane, but he'd like to add two more of these guys. And he gave a list in a poll. So, um, Marzi, I know you have the list of options there for him. So um, give your best advice on who he should add to those two. Yeah, so it's Sterling and Mares or Sterling and Vardy or Aguero and Vardy. You already have KDB and Mane. So I would go out of those three, I'll definitely go uh, Sterling and Vardy. Uh, might be tempted with Aguero and Vardy, but I think you need Sterling um, for the long run. I think Sterling uh, will. T- uh, I think Sterling will get back to what what Sterling is. Um, yeah, so I'd go Sterling Vardy. So you could, then that way you have Sterling, KDB, Mane, and Vardy. Excellent, good stuff. Um, Hindu Monkey Kylie. Um, he's in mourning as Barnes has left his team. Can't wait for King to bring the hurt in game week nine, uh, which we no doubt will happen because we've all gotten rid of Burns, me included. Um, his question is, are there any five mil defenders worthy of consideration outside of Liverpool? The Twitter template he's seen all the time is very much becoming Trent or Robbo and four cheapies, but hard to envision that type of backline hauling in much in the next four game weeks. Um, on your wildcard, Kay, it's a probably a good way to describe it is kind of what way have you structured that back line? Have you got anyone else alongside Liverpool premiums um, in your defence? Um, okay, so at the moment, um, but this this part is subject to some change. As I said, I've got a fair bit of money in the bank. Um, but I have gone for cheapies as well. Uh, and I guess what I would say on that is that I would agree. I don't think that they will deliver the most points over the course of the coming weeks. But I guess with the lack of clean sheets happening at the moment, I can deal with uh, with my cheaper players not really getting clean sheets, um, you know, and if I know that I'm spending that money wisely in attack. So I guess it's just a little bit more heartbreaking when, you know, your 5.5, 6, 6.5 plus defenders aren't doing it. Um, but I do agree. I think that there's room 
to look at some of these five million plus defenders um, and sort of see see if they fit into your team because a few of them have okay fixtures. So um, we touched on Bolly before, and I mean he so he's got one assist, three clean sheets, four goals last year, good fixtures. If you look at the defensive data. They are 11th for goals uh, goals conceded, but that's somewhat skewed by the five goals they conceded against Chelsea. So that's actually not so bad overall. And then they're eighth for shots on target conceded, 30 overall, which is just one behind City. So if you think about it in that context, right, you look at how much your City defenders cost versus how much Bolly costs. You know, it's not such a bad deal, and I think that goals will come for him. Another option that's probably completely under well, the radar. Um, you say that, but it's one for five more for Otamendi. Sure, but Otamendi's as likely to get himself sent off as anything else. Um, I mean, and you can go Otamendi. Otamendi's, you know, he's a, a fine option. Um, I just don't think I think that Otamendi's not really that much of a differential, or it doesn't feel like when he's probably not a hugely owned asset outside of the Twitter community. But he had his super run in that match and he got some goals. But I don't think he's going to score more goals than Bolly over the course of the season. Um and I I just think that I don't necessarily want a city spot taken up by Otamendi. So mm. You know, and and I mean, the, I, I think there's differentials to look at outside of, I mean, Otamendi's kind of feels, I know, obvious, but maybe I'm just hating City defence because of Zinchenko. That's entirely possible. Yeah, um, true, true. I mean, he's only 8.3% on. Which yeah, is, it's not that high. Huh? Not that high. Yeah. Um, another one is quite a differential, I think, and that's Shah from Newcastle. So this one might be a little bit more controversial, but uh, one goal, three clean sheets. And then last year he had four goals and an assist. Um, Newcastle, I probably would have said from the outset, like absolutely, you know, going to have issues this year, but they've kind of been ticking on. Okay. Not the worst. Um, you know, we talked about shots conceded there in terms of Wolves and City, but they've conceded 33 shots overall. Um, so that's that's not too bad. Um, and he does he does have threat. He's averaging about 1.5 shots per game. So far, none of them have actually been on target, but I think that will change. So if you want something a little bit different and you're willing to dip a toe into the Newcastle pond, which feels a little bit uncomfortable, but actually their fixtures aren't too bad. They've got, you know, this one's not great, right? They've got Chelsea. But then they've got Wolves, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa. You know, these are teams that are capable of scoring goals, sure, but none of them are super defensively. So there's also potential for returns there. And I guess that's if you're really looking for something that is against the grain, which is kind of what I took from uh, Hindu Monkey's question was, you know, what alternative options are being talked about? I, and I think, I think, I think he was asked. I think the question was more about: Is there any premium defenders? So expensive boys. No, worth it's five million more plus. Than Liverpool. Five yeah. million plus. Five million plus, but it's also um, differentials. No, differentials is good because I think that part of what he was wanting to know also was there's a lot of the same names coming up yes, all the time. Yes, exactly. That was kind of the thing. 
But, Trent, but, Robert, but sure, and all the cheapies. But say if we're thinking like, because I know like Alonso is someone I got in. A few yeah, years Alonso ago. is an interesting one there. You know, Pereira. Good fixtures. Now I'm with Emerson. I don't know how close Emerson is to return, but it'd be interesting to see what Alonso, um, what Alonso's outlook looks like then. But yeah, and Pereira is a good one at Leicester. Um, I would probably, I, I would like to if I went off Alonso, Pereira would probably be where I'd go. Um, he's the same money, I think, six point two. Both of them are. But um, they, they're definitely premium attacking options. Because I think that's definitely somewhere where you could actually get, um, as you were mentioning, Kylie, to do with the overall differential, um, yeah. getting a kind of good good options in defence that are low ownership and that have high potential for big returns on a week-by-week basis. That is um, a good way to go with it, you know? Yeah, I think so, especially because then you're not kind of um, stopping yourself going from a really effective but potentially highly owned attacking player who you really want to have but don't bring them in because they're highly owned you could just look to get some differential action in your defense instead if it's a spot that you're not completely married to you know or you feel your options otherwise are underwhelming Mm, yeah true that true that um, let me see what else. What's the next question we have? FBL jogger, and this is a three-parter. So um, I might give the first two of these to you, Mersey, and I'll come to you, Kylie, on the last one. Um, they're asking: Are Leicester's fixtures as good as their FDR would suggest? So, um, of course, we are all looking at, and I've seen an awful lot of the templates seem to show um, Vardy is featuring in a lot of them, Madison too, and the aforementioned Pereira. Um, what are you thinking on Leicester's fixtures, Marzi? Is there some of those kind of, you know, sometimes you see them green, um, or the, the rating that FDR gives and you go, I don't know about that now. Everton, for instance, I think are a fixture for difficulty or am I thinking wrong on that? But, um, I know I definitely saw some teams that don't look like as tough as, um, as they seem to be rated on the official site. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when, when you look at the, um, at the FDR because, um, Sometimes you look at it and you can see like green and red and you say, oh, you know, it's all green. But actually, when you look at the fixtures, you think, oh, I don't really agree with that. So sometimes it's really important that you you put your information that you know from what you've seen. But if we look at their fixtures, Burnley home, Southampton away, Crystal Palace away, Arsenal home, Brighton away, Everton home. Let's let's take those block of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six games. Um Burnley, Burnley at home. Burnley have been quite solid. Um, Southampton away, okay. Crystal Palace away. It's actually a tough for me. It, 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 again, they don't concede a lot, right? The toughest one, yes. The toughest one, I would say. Arsenal at home. It really depends which Arsenal turn up. And it, beyond all of this, um, uh, then you've got Brighton away. Brighton have been doing all right. And Everton at home again depends which Everton turn up. So for me, it's a mix. It's a mixed bag, but. If you look at Vardy's record, he scored against all of these, uh, at least five of, of those six, if not all six, um, in, in, in the previous seasons. The way Leicester are playing at the moment, they're actually playing some, some good football. Um, uh, Rogers has got them playing similar attacking football to what he, he's, he's an attacking guy. I mean, he's getting the best out of Pereira, which we didn't, which we hope we were hoping for last season when we all went on him and didn't get anything. However, they also have this, they went to Liverpool and they went to Manchester and played well, but actually did not get any points. And in fact, they did not score against the, that, the United team that we're seeing right now. They lost 1-0. My point is, 
I think I can trust Leicester. I will never go more than two players. I think two is probably enough, if not too much. Because I just have this this thing of that these teams can always um when 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 you think they're gonna going to deliver will let you down. Right? Mm-hmm. And um for their price, you shouldn't you shouldn't worry. But if you're relying on these guys and you're going cheap everywhere because you believe you believe that the premiums are not delivering and you want to spread the money and you believe those um, middle-priced players like the Madison and the Vardy and the Pereira are going to deliver you the points and then you triple up on them and they don't, you, you will fall back because, because you're missing out on some points where the premiums yeah. have delivered. So I think, I think you need to pick between a Vardy or a Madison and maybe uh, if, you have, uh, if you're going for a defender, you pick between either the cheap of uh, Soy or the expensive one of Pereira, or maybe Chilwell, if you want to be different. That that would be my my way. So, I think their fixtures are fifty-fifty, yeah. and it just depends on 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 the day. It's gonna have to, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so too. I think Leicester. If you're if you are going Leicester, I think you do. Their fixtures will be good, but I think you have to go with their more expensive options. So Barry Madison, don't try to go cheap with Gray or something because you won't cover Leicester with their cheaper options. Which is to. what we've touched on before when we're talking about spreading the love, but being careful with who you go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, next question from FPL Jogger was, keep LFC assets or bail on Salah until game week 13 to jump on Arsenal or Leicester? So um, you touched on Leicester's outlook there. Um, Arsenal are another team that are attracting a good lot of new owners too. But what are you thinking on bailing from Salah um, until game week 13? It's the usual advice on this, I'm expecting. Really. I can't sit here and say you, you shouldn't sell Salah. It depends who you're going to buy. Because if you're saying you're going to sell Salah and jump on Arsenal, um, well, who, who are you going for? Pepe? Uh, I wouldn't, personally. Um, I do think their next fixture is not that... Easy. I, I actually disagree with Kylian. I think Lundstrom deserves to start at home versus Arsenal because if Sheffield United turn up and play the way they played against Liverpool, I can see them turning turning Arsenal. Now, of course, Arsenal have the firepower to score, but that's that's just just an opinion. Um, if you're going to downgrade Salah to upgrade your, your forward to go to Aubameyang, why not? Uh, however, Aubameyang just blanked at home and he's not... He's scoring, but not explosive enough to what we what we want him to do for his price. So, yes, the fixtures are good. But, but then you could say that about all of the premium they are, strikers, well, that, and that's what we're saying. What we're saying is what we say, and we had a we had a, a discussion about the strikers. Is the city players are not delivering, and will they? My point is, what are you selling Salah for? Who are you selling Salah for? If you're going to downgrade and double up on you know, if you're going to use the money to go for players that are on form and fixtures like, uh, you know, go for a Mountain or Bamiyang, then you need, what you need to think, for example, is if I go, I downgrade Salah to Mount and upgrade a Puki to Bamiyang and it's a Salah and a Mount or Bamiyang combo, then it might be worth it. But you just need to understand who you, what you want to do and who you're bringing in. Uh, but it's, it's not like for like because I don't think Aubameyang is outscoring uh, or outperforming Salah at the moment. And, Salah's just had a re- Salah has just had the rest, and he's playing a United team that oh, I don't want to jinx it, but you know, he ne- there he's is still an injury <laughs> cloud over him. He's not guaranteed. He probably will be fine, right? But he's uh, still he's training, training separately. Uh, 
he's trained. So I mean, he's trained no, separately. No, not because, with the group. I believe well, he, he's uh, training he has, separately. The group haven't returned yet because they are international duty. But uh, I, I, I believe what from what I saw from Liverpool uh, Twitter is that he's back. But again, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not Klopp, so we they, need to wait. They tweeted. We'll wait and see. They, they did tweet a picture of him, um, a big smiley face at training. So chances are it's not a. He, I believe he was with like the physiotherapist or sort of like the key person, yeah, and the whole thing was, you know, trying to get ready for the United match. Yeah, because the group, like there would still be a group. There just would be the younger players, the people who weren't off on international duty. But he, yeah, he, he, he was probably training on his own, but I think he'll be fine. Um, let's kick on to the last part of that FBL jogger question. Kylie, um, give this one to you. He was asking about ignoring price, Aubameyang or Wilson. Now, the news is a little bit of a kicking off point to, to maybe the discussion on, premium forwards versus their more budget options like the likes of Abraham have obviously done great Wilson top notch you know at times and so on and like we mentioned earlier on Jimenez but how do you think these um, budget options we can just specifically talk about Aubameyang and Wilson but in terms of the budget options covering those premium options do you think they can do it um, for people on wildcard or people just looking at their transfers for game week nine? Yeah, so this is, I think this is a really interesting um, question, right? Because it is something that's coming up a lot and we're battling perception hugely on something like this. I would, I guess before jumping into the um, Aubameyang-Wilson comparison, one thing that I would preface it all by saying is that whether it's Aubameyang or Aguero or whoever, I would argue strongly for the merit of having a premium uh, forward in that position. I know because I had to do quite a lot of shuffling in order to get from budget forwards to a premium when I wanted to get Aguero in. Um, So, you know, if premiums start banging and you have no easy way to get in, one of them, that can be a little bit hairy because you're having to, rearrange a lot of things so it is helpful for flexibility if you do have a premium there but obviously if premiums don't perform then you know you have a question of value um so Aubameyang Wilson right they've eight returns each uh seven goals and an assist for Aubameyang five goals and three assists for Wilson who interestingly enough kick-started the whole campaign with like three back-to-back weeks of assists in a row Now, if we look at the numbers, right, so penalty area touches, this is for the last four. 4.2 for Aubameyang and 4.8 for Wilson. Both of them have four goals in their last four. Indeed, both of them didn't score in the last one, scored one apiece in the previous two, and then two in the furthest one back. So they were matching each other exactly. Um, Aubameyang's averaging three shots. Per game, 1.5 of the shots are on target, so about 50% accuracy. Wilson's having 2.5 shots on average per game, but two shots on target on average, which is an 80% accuracy, which is really high. Um, I looked at away and home as well. Interestingly enough, Aubameyang scoring slightly better away this season, which is in stark contrast to what we've seen historically from him and Wilson's performing slightly better at home so on the numbers very very little to separate them 
unless you include the three plus million, right? So then we look at fixtures, okay? Uh, Marcy has touched a little bit on Arsenal's fixtures. And while FDR suggests that Aubameyang has the better fixtures, he's got Sheffield United, Chris, and that's away, Crystal Palace and Wolves both at home, Leicester away, Southampton at home, Norwich. Norwich is a great fixture. I would argue that a lot of the rest of those are not, right? Leicester have not been conceding a lot of shots. Sheffield United, we know, have been absolute beast mode. Crystal Palace are much better at home than they are away, but still. And Wolves are well capable of overturning a big team. And you look at Wilson, so home to Norwich, far and away the best fixture this week, right? That's not to say that Norwich won't score, but for an attacking player, there is no question that that is a super fixture and definitely better than Sheffield United. Then they've got Watford away, Man United at home, Newcastle away, Wolves at home, and then Tottenham, right? So... Some of those on paper might seem harder, but I actually think they're quite good fixtures based on how the, the, the teams are looking. So for me, if it, even factoring out the money thing, I think that Wilson looks more attractive to me and he's ticking more boxes. Or certainly, you know, I wouldn't say that Aubameyang looks to be outperforming him. The thing that I would say that is in Aubameyang's favour is if you don't have any other premiums, you might want him. Um, you know, these are two players that I've considered for my own wildcard, um, and I I think, it, you know, it's a tough one, but it's hard to argue against Wilson there on a direct comparison mm, if you've three million in bank. If the price was closer, you probably it would be... Um, yeah. You know, it's yeah, and with the, with the price drop off, of course, it is a lot, he's a lot more attractive. Well, you um, just expect, you just well, assume. I, I, Lacazette, I think, to be honest with you, if I was going, yeah, there, I'd be go interesting. Back, he looks like he's back fit again, so um, yeah, definitely the way I would go. Thanks, Mill and Kylie, good answer on that one. Um, Jeff Holt was asking, or Jeff was asking, um, a question on Marcy, or Kylie, I give this one to you actually. Um, he has a draft with a triple A strike force of Aguero, Aubameyang, and a. Abraham with Cantwell as his fourth mid. Um, I think Jeff is on wildcard this week, I believe. Um, would you advise that or downgrading to Vardy and having McGinn as the fourth mid and Cantwell as the fifth mid? So which do you like better in terms of balance there, Kylie? Which one is he downgrading for Vardy in the I, second option? I, it wasn't clear in it, but I'm thinking it's more likely to be Aubameyang to Vardy. Aubameyang, because, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I, I think personally I would probably go with option B. Uh, the triple A sounds really good on paper and will probably deliver really good returns. But um, I'm just not personally, I'm not really sold on on Cantwell. Um, I think that, he, yes, he has more threat than your, your kind of 4.5 options do have. I will absolutely say that. I just don't think that he's a player that I will want to have to play every week. We haven't seen anything to suggest that he's going to suddenly start scoring away. Um, we saw a drop-off in form at home matches. I don't think that's going to be forever. I think that Norwich is still perfectly capable of scoring goals, and they will. But I feel like you're almost immediately discounting 50-plus percent of possible game weeks 
where you could get points unless he drastically turns things around. So I think I'd rather have McGinn and Vardy um, and not be relying on having to play Cantwell every week. I think, and you know, if, if you want to swap great. him in, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. And having Cantwell there is a good sub-option. He's um, Yeah, definitely. exactly. And he's a good sub-option, I think, if you have the and money McGin- to be able to afford in- that, yeah. Yeah, McGinn definitely looks like um, he looks like he's a he's a far better option at the moment anyway because he's yeah. he's far he's far more central I think for uh, for Villa. Um, Marzi Ajit Gillon or Gillon um, was asking the merits of having apologies for that one if I've butchered your name, but you can butcher my name in um, in reply. <laughs> the merits of having both Salah and Sterling going forward based on the first eight game weeks, yay or nay to selling one to upgrade elsewhere, Marzi. I think we touched on it enough, to be honest. Look, I think Salah and Sterling come the end of the season will be up there. Um, mm. If you want, look, it really depends where where you're looking. Are you looking at, or are you looking at your mini league? Has everybody else got Salah and Sterling? Um, I can't sit here and say you can't sell either of them because they haven't delivered yet. Do I think they will turn it? Yes, but they haven't yet. So, uh, yeah, definitely don't sell both. Selling one, yeah, maybe. no, he's more. It's, it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's, selling one is, is selling one is fine, but what, just as we said, it's all about the combo and who you're going for. Um, mm. That so it's just I know it's not a straightforward answer, but it really depends on your team and what you're planning to uh, where you plan to use the money when you sell either of them because you can go for any player. Yeah, it, you know, it and does. I'd also. I'd also just add into that, following on from what you said there, Mars. Think also when you are selling one of of them, right? It's always wise to have a backup plan in mind for how you're going to get that person back in, because these are people that we believe are going to be top scorers come the end of the season. So you could, you know, and many of us are considering it, myself included, looking at how we might maximise points for a few weeks with someone else instead of of one of those players, but are likely going to want to loop back to those because they are likely to start scoring again. So just have a path in mind that doesn't require massive surgery for how you might get that person yeah. back in. Yeah. Good stuff. No, perfect. Uh, Kiwi Nick was asking Kylie, um, just a quick answer on this because we've covered Leicester a good bit, but he's wondering basically between Madison and Vardy. If you were picking between one or the other one, um, and I know it all depends on your team formation and stuff, but which one do you think will be the more valuable option, Madison or Vardy? I feel like that's an impossible to answer question. Statistically speaking, Madison looks a lot better, but we know that Vardy doesn't need stats to deliver. He's alarmingly clinical. Um, I mean, look, the value on paper is with Madison, right? If Madison can keep up for $7 million, then that's super price. But it's going to be a really boring answer and just say, I think having one of them is a fantastic idea given the fixtures. I would want one of them in. It completely depends on your team. You know, there is a big case for going with, say, Madison and going for some of the other options, Tammy and and Aubameyang and and Wilson and Jimenez or whoever up front. There is a case for that because there are quite a number of interesting forward options. Good, cheap options, yeah. Uh, Marzi, a bit of a fun one here from you, for you from um, Adam P. 
where would the England team finish in the Premier League? And yes, yeah, City, Spurs, Liverpool, etc. lose their England stars. So what, what do you think on that, Adam? What position, what position will we tell Adam that, uh, that he thinks his, his three lines, all the English fans, you see, you're all getting very excited now with the, mm. with of your national team. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I, I still, uh, I still think they'll finish behind City and, uh, Liverpool because there's not many English players on either team that are that vital yeah. for the team. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I love Henderson, but you can take him out. Trent hasn't played, but he's he's been on the bench for England, so we'll start him. And for City, I mean, what what uh, Sterling? Um, again, you can take Sterling out, but they've got so many other good players, uh, and they can have stones. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, like Man United, Man United lose Lingard. He's a freebie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they'll probably rise the rankings back. actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then yeah. Uh, United will end in fifth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think they can challenge. Look, they can challenge for top four, but they 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 will finish below be, below the top two. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, Twig uh, Twig El Sharif was asking optimum combination: um, Aubameyang and a four point five mil, or Vardy and Virgil. Um, I was going to give this one to you, Kylie, but I have hit you with plenty of Arsenal and Leicester questions, so I'll answer that. I think that I'd rather Vardy and Virgil. Of, of that combination because the Liverpool Allison back in defence, the Liverpool defence looks like it should be keeping some clean sheets. Fixture list isn't the best in the world, but I think I prefer Vardy and Verge. VV, hey. And, uh, Kuhn Karam, um, Marzi, come to you first on this. Um, our friend Kuhn, who was on last week's podcast, of course, was asking a question of the three of us. Ideal front three for the coming six game weeks. So Mars, come to you first. I think he wants Kylie to answer that. He's going up against her in, uh, in Jeff's Champions League. Yeah, but Kylie yeah. won't. We, we all know that Kylie won't answer. I won't say what her actual no, players she are. Won't so say, she won't say. She won't give a competitive advantage. It's, no. uh, if, you, if you're going to go with a, with a strong mid, I think you could do a Vardy, Wilson, uh, Abraham. Front three. Uh, however, I'm a premium striker lover, so I would say you need... Uh, uh, maybe maybe an Aubameyang, especially if you have a Sterling and KDB. So does that mean so you take Vardy out, you put Aubameyang with Wilson and Abraham? I think Abraham is a definite start. Wilson and Abraham, both are definite starters, right? So uh, yeah, I would look. I would I would right now right now if I was wildcarding, I think I would fancy to go with Wilson Abraham plus either Vardy or Aubameyang, and I think most people are, which is probably why I don't want a wildcard. I want to wait and see for something really different to come out. Mm. Um, like Dee Vakarigi to emerge again. Um, <laughs> Kylie, how about yourself? Yeah, uh, I mentioned the four that I think are kind of the key picks there. Um, but you're not going to tell us <laughs> Well, I think if anyone <laughs> read between the lines of this part, they would have figured yeah. it out anyway. Yeah. Um, I... As a standout option, I'm really keen on Wilson. I think he's a great pick. And he's not really a highly owned one either. So yeah, I think... 13 um, or something like that. I think it's 12 point something, isn't it? Percent? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the I think my my everyone three would be... Um, has to be Abraham, um, Connolly and Wickham. Yeah, top the top... Uh, 
bronze three mm-hmm. for the coming six weeks. So hopefully that will help. Controversial, guys. I might not be going to uh, Tammy on my wild card, but you know. Mm, interesting. That'll be a, yeah. that'll be a ballsy, you know, because uh, I I bought, bought, bought the bullet and I had to uh, had to get him in there the last day. So um, so I'm going Tammy for the rest of the season. Uh, we move on to the next question, which is from Morpheus Fire. Um, Kylie, who would win in a fight, the Incredible Hulk or you, before your morning coffee? Is that even a question? Right, seriously. See a smashing pole into the ground if he was to piss you off in the morning before you have one. Oh, he, he knows better than that. Everyone does. I'm not allowed to engage with the public until <laughs> I've been fully caffeinated. Yeah, yeah. Um, next question is from Morpheus, actually, as well. Marzi, I'm assuming KDB and Mo are both unfit, so we think they're probably fit. But uh, what to do with two free transfers? He already has Sterling and Vardy. Should he go Mane, Wilson, Tammy, Obba, or Son? So um, give us, give us, give us your uh, suggestion to Morpheus, please. You've got about twenty-two million. Just go and have fun, man. Like there's so many options, and we've just discussed a lot. But you know, if you were if you were selling Salah and KDB, there's so many options out there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, yeah. It, it really again. It depends on your structure. It depends on you uh, on on your mini league. On who you do you want to keep a Liverpool cover because you do want you might want to keep keep one of them. We always said Liverpool midfielders or forwards. You need them. So, I mean the, the attacking line. So yeah, Mane plus a Madison for example for a while or Mane if you want to go different go Pepe. Uh, you've got Mount uh, from Chelsea. There's so there's so many options if you decide to get rid of two of the most expensive players. But however, what I would mm. say is you need to be careful and see how long they're out for because, like we said, they seem to be back in training. They, they, they might start. So let's see. Mm. I would say wait until yeah. the press conferences and seeing pictures of players out and about. Yeah, I mean, we waited this long for KDB, so moving away from now would seem a bit counterintuitive. And if you're moving away from Mo, make it more of a plan that you were going to do or a long-term thing as opposed to getting him out for one week and then looking to get him back in again. Mo to a Mane might be might be a move to do if you do want to do it, but you you might have to suffer the consequences of getting him back in later on. Um, Man City question so we have a couple of those so I've kind of lumped them together um, Mike Dalmedo was asking about sticking with Otamendi or move away from due to Stone's return and a more d- difficult fixture list from game week 11 and Blonde was asking is it the beginning of the end for Pep at City are there problems down to injuries lack of depth poor tactics um, I'll quickly answer on Otamendi. Um, I'll give my opinion on that. And then, uh, Marzi, you might give your opinion on Pep and City and any potential problems that you might see there. But um, Otamendi, like that, I think he's definitely a, a rotation risk now with Stone back and also the cards and everything else. But, um, but yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't. I'd be moving away from Otamendi. You think Otamendi's a rotation risk? I think he is because I think with Stones back, I think that I think well, I think who they're gonna is, play with him. Well, it's for, with Stones and Fernandinho, I think he prefer. Mm, I think Pep. I disagree. I don't think Otamendi in defence there. I disagree. I think it would be Stones and, and Otamendi if anything, and push back for the Fernandinho where they actually need him because they 
you can, can you see imagine, the can, can you imagine that if you know the way Pep is, and you know the way like he like, demands every t- players do exactly as they're supposed to do on the pitch? Can you imagine him talking to Otamendi in the dressing room? I'm amazed that he spent so long at City and hasn't actually been moved on. To be honest, yeah. With well, you. It, it answers the second question. I think Pep has been a bit. Pep made a big mistake. I don't think he replaced company, and maybe he it, it, it caught him with the with the Laporte injury. So I mm-hmm. think. To be honest, I, I, the thing is with Stones, not only is he uh, uh, a mistake waiting to, waiting to happen sometimes, he's very injury prone. I think the fact that they never replaced a reliable, uh, well, a, a huge player like company, um, when they have injury prone defender like Stones and then a youngster. So basically that leaves him with Otomendi, unless he decides to play three centre-backs and put Walker as the third with two wing backs, but they are. I think they're struggling because they are. They have been hit in the area they're the weakest at, which we knew about, which is defense. Even with Laporte, when Laporte was there, we said if you get at City, you can you can score, and we can see. We you see what's happening. People are going at them, and they could see. Them, which is why I think they would. He would want Fernandinho back in front of that defense to protect them and put stones on Otamendi. Uh, in, so he, he would play Fernandino and Rodrigo to try and cut those balls and not break, not let teams attack them. That's what I think he will try to do because they are just cannot defend right now. Um, no. In my opinion, anyway. So that's what, what well, and what, that's what's happening at City. The other thing that's happening at City is he keeps watching those. Um, uh, we we're haunting him. <laughs> yeah, he's watching the Monday Reds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, la- last question of our listener questions is, as always, a random question from Jeff at Thunder at FBL underscore Thunder. Uh, which sports would be improved if the participants were required to have a measurable amount of alcohol in their bloodstream? No motorsports allowed. Um, I'm going to give my answer on this first, and then I'm going to come to Kylie first, and then Mars. Um, I think it's wife carrying. So it's a sport originating in Finland, and a fella has to run an obstacle with, with his wife on his back. That's not a sport. It is with the top duo winning her weight in beer as a prize. So um, I think that sport would be easily improved by having. Do you really to just Google that? Yeah, by having. <laughs> By having to stop at air stations and bolted them down in a point before taking off again. So um, that's my answer on that one. So Kylie, what about yourself? I feel sorry for the wife here because like... It's the time she's upside down. I've seen pictures of this guy and she's literally upside down with her legs over his shoulder. This does not sound like a pleasant scenario, particularly (laughs) given that he's inebriated while carrying her. Um, Okay. I'm thinking he's going to Kylie so she won't get hurt. Right. Well, mine is a three-legged race because I think that that's already challenging enough. You know, the three-legged race where you like yeah. you and your partner tie your leg together. Yeah. You're a bit legless, and then you get more legless. Yeah. Yeah, because you know people all they stumble all over the place anyway. So can you imagine if you were in a field and you just had all of these people who were three-legged and legless at the same time attempting to get from one end of the field to the other. It would be absolute sure. carnage. I'd want popcorn carnage. for that. There would be, probably be fights and everything. And uh, oh, yeah. how about you, Are you telling me American footballers celebrate like that and there's no alcohol in their stream? 
in the in the bloodstream. The way they celebrate. <laughs> They're blood tested. They're blood tested so often. Blood tested that if they even have a paracetamol, it sounds out. So. <laughs> yeah, um, Tess. Just because then it might go a bit quicker and less boring. Yeah, fair, yeah. fair. I feel that way about golf. Yeah, defo. Golf, 100%. Oh, golf, yeah. I just want to give yeah. a shout-out to Mike, by the way, the listener from the US, because he was giving me some banter, and we all, uh, all, all, up, all up for banter. So, yeah, I did say to him that, let me know what position you're in, because he was asking what position I'm in, because he couldn't find me on the first two pages. And I thought <laughs> he might be somewhere around me. And then I realised he was 59th. I was like, oh, sugar. <laughs> so, fair play. Yeah, keep the banter coming. Um, and actually a happy birthday also to FBL family, Sam. I saw a message to her on Twitter, so it's her birthday today. So happy birthday, oh, Sam. Happy birthday, Sam. I'll get Stag yeah. to uh, say, sing happy birthday to you, Sam. No, I said it. <laughs> if she's okay with me saying it to her. Mouth. We've got one Irishman. It's, it's basically the same thing. Basically the same thing, yeah. We're all the same. Yeah. Um, game week plans <laughs> and our captain pick, folks. So we're at the finale section of the show. So, um, how about we come up with, with now, Kylie, I know you won't give Anthony away in this. So, um, I'll come to Mars first while you figure out what your lie is going to be. Okay. But what's Thanks. your game week plans for game week nine and your captain? Oh, pick? you know, it's doing my, well, I'll be honest. I didn't really think much about it, but I told you guys before the international break, I was bringing Wilson in and I was set on that. So minus four, Wilson and my lovely friend Aurea out and never back in again. And just, uh, sorry, Pookie and Aurea out, Wilson and whoever, you know, I don't really care about the fifth defender or whatever. I mean, when you have, in your team, when you have people like Rico and Lundstrom, wh- who cares about the others? You know, these guys start every week for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but then now I'm thinking, do I really want to sell Pookie? Um, uh, I mean... If it wasn't for a minus four, if I was on wild card, it would be no-brainer. Wilson is coming in. And he probably will still come in. But I'm just looking at it and I'm like, okay. he's Yes, he has. So he's playing Bournemouth, who, uh, without looking at their XGA or whatever, they concede a lot of chances. And I've watched Norwich and even watched the 5-0 against Villa and he still had chances. Yes, he just did score a brace. It was against Armenia. And I'm not going to sit here and compare Armenia's defence with Bournemouth's defence because blatantly Armenia's is better. But... Mm. It's <laughs> you've got Wilson, who I really like. He's on fire, um, and he also has got you know got. Uh, we, we talked about fixtures, and Puki does have then two home fixtures coming up. Uh, although they just scuffed against. Look, the way I see, honestly, it's doing my head in right now because I'm thinking about it back of the international break and thinking, um, you know, United at home for Puki. They honestly they can't defend, so let's see what what else happens and. Just seen that the gay is injured, but they do have a good or came off uh, limping, but they do have a good second second uh, string keeper who's probably going to turn out for his best game against Liverpool and then never again. Um, so I, I I don't know what I'm doing is the answer honestly right now. If <laughs> if, if I bring if I bring Wilson in, he's going to be captain. The, the, okay, here's what. If I bring him in, it's a minus four plus Pookie starts, so that's six. So he needs to score a brace for it to be count and something, and Pookie to blank. And that's what I'm thinking. Do I just bank the transfer, keep Pookie? I've done some, I've done a lot of moves before that worked until last week when it didn't work, right? So I'm thinking now, okay, I'm, I'm not just hold back, let everybody panic, sell Salah, sell Sterling, uh, whoever, sell Pookie, and I just sit there and watch them all turn the corner and hmm. deliver. 
Maybe I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know uh, right now, which is why I'm confused. If I don't, if I do sell Wilson, if I if I don't sell Wilson, then uh, sorry, Pookie, then most likely my captain will be Abraham. Mm, That's yeah, the thing. No. I'm, I'm getting dizzy I'm, from uh, your your yeah. thought process there, Maz. <laughs> It's all right. I got dizzy when you were talking about your wild card, so... Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too much logic um, there for you, huh? Oh, jeez. Here we go. Here we go, kids. Uh, I've got, yeah, Abraham as my captain because I brought him in. And, um, yeah, no, I've already taken a hit and there might well be another one coming because I've uh, the international break and me don't work well. But I, I did take them earlier on in the, in the break to beat um, any price uh, price price decreases or increases um, but Abraham yeah will be most likely my captain not really fancying the Man City fixture away to, Pal- to Palace as we mentioned earlier on um, Sterling would be normally just my perma captain but uh, you know I think I might well go Abraham at home to Newcastle quality fixture um, and my my other my hit which um, I don't know what I tell you guys at the start of the window, but yeah, Abraham and Connolly came in for Pookie and Barnes for me. So um, Connolly is a good Galway man like myself. Grew up just out the road from me. Um, he grew up about twenty years apart from me, mind you. But uh, but yeah, he's um, I had to <laughs> when he was from Galway. I had to get him on my team. So there we have it. Um, and I'm going to actually be playing him against Villa. Um, ahead of Cantwell, as we mentioned earlier on. Um, who's your who's who are you considering for your other hit? Um, the other hit is basically uh, I have Pepe still at the moment. De Bruyne is the one I want to get back in. Don't know is it worthwhile this week? Probably not, but um, that doesn't mean I won't do it because mm. that is the way I roll. Uh, how about yourself, Kate? Um, and give us your captain pick at least, okay? Okay. Well, no, I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of insight, right? So I'm gonna go. Um, who am I gonna go? Right. So uh, Ashley Young. I think I'll go a bit of John Stones. Um, maybe David Louise for my backline. Captain McGovern. I think that's probably the most likely situation on my wild card. Um, no, in all seriousness, I think Wilson's the best on paper captain this week. Um, I think that it's a week where you can absolutely go for one of the less obvious ones. Um, you guys mentioned Abraham. think that he's a really viable option as well. I don't think I'd be captaining a city asset, um, not because I don't think that they can deliver in that fixture, but I just think that um, it's really hard to look past uh, Callum Wilson uh, against Norwich. And I do think that has, you know, everything about that could be a high-scoring match. You never know. Uh, so f- he's probably going to be captain for me. Excellent. Thanks for being in, Kate. And uh, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. We have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. And myself, you can find at the Marple Curse. Thanks, as always, for listening and your continued support for the podcast. Good luck in game week nine. Adios, amigos. One for each other. Brave amigos are we Brother to brother and then